Hello from the city of Sheffield. This podcast is about the adventure. I am your host, Sarah Lister. Claire Kelly has created a women's walking company called Her on a Hill. I asked Claire how walking has made an impact on her life and career, what challenges she has come across during her career change, why she hosts events that combine creativity with walking, and at the end of the show, Claire has a question for you to take away and think about. Claire, thank you for being my first ever guest on my brand new podcast. That's a pleasure. So I'd like to start off by asking you, how has walking impacted your life and your career? I can't imagine my life without walking. I just, I don't know what I'd do on a you know weekend. I think in Sheffield in particular, I either go east to Meadow Hall at the weekend or you go west into the Peak District and I'm definitely one of those people who go west. Um, when I was... In my late 20s, early 30s, I didn't walk at all. So I can kind of vaguely remember that life. But once I'd been on a walk, then that was it. I have completely changed my life. I had an epiphany in Nepal. Um, I'd not, I used to manage a bookshop in North London in Crouch End. And I lived in Crouch End. I worked in Crouch End. And I just, one day my friend said, would would you like to go to Nepal for a walk? I thought, okay, let's do that. Uh, Not having any experience of walking, I was fairly sedentary at that point. Um, We used to play squash once a week and come out with a big puce-coloured face. But I thought I was pretty fit, you know, because it was quite an active active, uh, experience. So... I did some training. I went to Sussex and Kent, all these lovely flat places, and did weekend walks, you know, for a few hours a day. Um, And soon realised when I got to Nepal that wasn't quite enough. So I got there and it was just hideous, the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it changed my life in the end, but uh, I struggled every single step. Um, Wasn't fit enough effing blinding all the way up <laughs> um sweating like a whatever but in the end I just had this epiphany and I just thought oh my god this is just amazing the sights you see and the scale of that landscape and the people um to the extent that when I came back I immediately started saving up money so that I could go abroad and walk as much as possible so I spent a year just over a year saving up and then I was off. I went off to the States and uh, Vietnam, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand and just walked at every opportunity. And from that day onwards really I haven't really stopped. My knees are testament to that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I just can't imagine how life would be without having that one experience. And a big thank you to that friend who invited me, who I've lost touch with, but if she hears this podcast, then uh, thank you, Coralie. <laughs> and how has walking impacted your career now? I run a company called Her on a Hill, which is a 
women's walking holiday company and also a company called Navigation for Women, which is what it says, uh, teaching women to navigate, to use a map and compass. So that is my whole career at the moment. I left my job, which was in a similar area, in order to do it for myself, basically. Mm. So I've been in business since March 2019. So I left my job last January, so it's been a year since I left. I spent a couple of months setting it all up and really haven't looked back since. So walking has become not only my hobby, but... (laughs) really my whole life and that kind of suits me because I I don't find a lot of time to do personal walking anymore it's just not on the agenda it's every time I do go for a walk it's like oh well this would be a good walk to to sell Um, so I've got maybe what at least one holiday a month coming up this year and from Suffolk which is gentle walking to Nepal, which is definitely guaranteed to go ahead in November. Um, And I just, to be able to do that after, you know, that's where it all started for me. I'm going to do the same route that I first did in 1994 and to go back and to still be able to get up there and probably much more uh, manageable now than it was then because I wasn't very fit. Uh, Just amazing. uh, Yeah. So her in the hills just taken off. I mean, I I know a lot of people who walk, and I've been in the outdoor industry for about twenty years. I started with Exodus, which is a big adventure travel company, and they, you know, I still know people from those days. I still keep in touch with people I met twenty years ago. So it's all been a real adventure and a very. It sounds quite dramatic, but it's been a quite a slow progression from that bookshop to now. It has been, you know, since 1994 when it really started. The whole walking scenario just became a really important part of my life. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that walking can change people's lives? Well, for me, it was massive. <laughs> I wouldn't ever have imagined when I was in that bookshop that today I would be here talking to you about a company that I run that is all about walking. I think it's it's a hard sell. If people don't walk, it's really hard to convince them that actually it's quite a nice thing to do. But I just think if you just start, whatever... I think what I'm trying to do with Here in a Hill is provide walks and activities as well that you don't need to be super fit. You can come along... Just gently, I've got quite a few leisurely grade holidays that you really don't have to be this super fit person to come along and uh, try it out. So I think it's convincing people to get out there to begin with is the hard bit. But once you do, it will grip you, <laughs> as I think you know, Sarah. <laughs> it does take a hold. And it for me, it feels like, an essential part of my life to walk. Now, this January I've started, because I, at the moment I do a lot of admin, so I work at home, and I have got a tendency not to go out at all on some days. So I'm trying this new 30-minute fast, you know, power walking a day. There are 
various reports at the moment that that is the best way forward, not the 10,000 steps, but to just go out and be active for 30 minutes, trying to get your heart rate up. So that's what I've started to do in January. So I do try and get out every day, whatever the weather, because I think it doesn't, you know, if you waited for a good day, you'd be waiting a very long time, especially in the winter. So I think if you've got the right clothing, um, and just get out there and just start and try and go to the park. It doesn't have to be a massive trek or a big adventure, just within your comfort zones. And eventually, the amount you can walk and the enjoyment you get from it will increase. Yeah. And it's an easy thing to do. You know, don't need any particular kit. It's inexpensive. You can just walk around. I mean, I, I don't particularly like walking on pavements, but... You know, there's always the opportunity to just go and get some exercise. And I think it's got a massive impact on, on your mental and physical health, just to have that bit of fresh air. So what happens if you don't go outside for your 30 minutes or for, for a, one of your trips? What happens to you? I have this need to go out. I don't... I mean, I'm a fairly calm, um, kind of grounded person... But I do get a little bit down if I haven't done any exercise and I get a bit agitated. (laughs) I just think just being outside, even if you just go into the garden for a few minutes, just to get that fresh air and a different view of, you know, even if it's just the garden or what's going on in the car park (laughs) or whatever, it's just that different perspective. I tend to get a bit frustrated at being indoors um i do like admin i'm quite a nerd that way <laughs> um, i don't object to spending hours and hours on the computer but i know especially when i go out to the peak district there is just something that lights up inside me it is really almost a physical feeling of oh this is this is where i belong and before the age of 30 that would not have occurred to me at all and I wouldn't even know you know I would never think about going for a walk Uh, walking wasn't in my upbringing Um, I remember when I was about 14 and my friend Catherine said oh I'm going to the Lake District with my parents I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) why why would you do that so it just wasn't in my you know scene it just didn't occur to me that you could go walking for pleasure so it was a big leap from there to Nepal and onwards and none of my family walk I don't know if they quite get the whole thing they're very supportive of me but um, they're not walkers either so yeah it just takes hold of you I think it's it and it wasn't that I had a good time in Nepal (laughs) a lot of the time I was miserable and pissed off and just unpleasant to be around um, and it was just afterwards, really, when you thought, oh, wow, wasn't that just amazing? That the scenery and the physical effort to go up and down all those steps endlessly day after day just was something unique. And now it's not so unique for me. I can do it regularly and it gives me a great deal of satisfaction to share that with other people. And to, I would encourage anybody to try it. You know, it, there are lots of barriers to 
wanting to or getting taking that step to come on a walking holiday or a day event um people are nervous that they're going to be they're not going to be fit enough or they're going to be the you know the one at the back holding everybody up or that they're not going to get on with the other people but i find with the holidays you just have a bunch of women who have something in common which is wanting to be outdoors and that alone makes it easier because there's that bond there's that shared interest and within a few minutes people are usually relaxed and you know and it doesn't matter if you're at the back I was at the back that's what <laughs> really annoyed me in Nepal and I try to get over it now but uh, I know what it's like because I was that person and it doesn't matter if you're there last one you're out we're, we're not there for a competition or a, you know whatever we're just there to have a nice relaxing time and being outdoors is just very therapeutic mm-hmm. and why have you created a women's walking company so rather than just asking a few friends if they want to go for a walk or go on a holiday why is it that you've created um, a company purely for women to go on these day trips, go on your courses and your walking holidays abroad? Yeah, I think it's such a part of my life that it's so nice to be able to do it for my job as well. (laughs) It's a bit selfish, really. I like walking, (laughs) so I'd like to try and make a living out of it. The women-only thing really is... There are so many companies that provide walking holidays, and it's highly competitive area and I just thought well if I have a niche market uh, that would probably be a better start rather than trying to launch into a a mixed uh, holiday market but when I used to work for Exodus I was really aware that it was a lot of couples and then the odd single person would be there as well and they were kind of slightly not neglected but it felt like they were pushed together whether they liked each other or not and all the couples would have the security of being, you know, having their other half there. So with the women's aspect, most women come on their own and it's immediately more embracing, you know, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody is there to enjoy themselves, have a nice walk. They're there with like-minded women who like being outdoors. And it just works in terms of the atmosphere of a group so much better than it does in a mixed mm-hmm. holiday for me anyway because everybody is in the same situation and they're just there's that community spirit and immediately you know the the volume goes up and <laughs> you can hear them coming through the, the hill <laughs> um, and the navigation courses which is all part of her on a hill the women are so supportive of each other. You know, they want each other to learn and do well, and they'll explain things w- with each other about how things work. If I, I'm doing something with one person, then I can hear people chatting to each other, trying to make it easier. And there's just that support and that uh, shared interest in doing well and learning, and just having a nice time. It's always really very relaxing. Yes, I definitely felt that when I was um, attending two of your courses. found it really welcoming, a very safe space to be in. Um, I felt quite vulnerable in that 
I, I wasn't very experienced um, and that's the whole point of doing the course yeah. but it's that back to school feeling of not knowing <laughs> not always knowing the answer and sort of being a bit um scared about saying I don't I don't know and yeah. can you explain it again and that kind of thing yeah. but I found it to be a very comfortable small group that really nurtured you know one-to-one learning and yeah. an experience of actually leading the group it's I think that it's really amazing to to help with people's confidence when they're not used to doing that yeah I think with the navigation I do say to people it's a very teachable skill and it's a very relaxed informal environment and it is scary to come and learn something you know a lot of women who come haven't done any learning for many many years and they're nervous about are they going to get it right are they going to be able to do the classroom session are they going to be able to do the practical session when they're given a map and they're sort of you know here take me to this point it's it's scary (laughs) I know from experience because I did my mountain leader course many years ago and it was the most hideous experience of my life I just uh, hated it but it's the I realized in the end it was the only way to learn to be given that responsibility because you would know then once you'd got from A to B that you were able to do it where do you think is the best place to start if somebody is literally taking their first ever kind of wild steps outside things I've got on offer for day events. They're mainly in the Peak District, but I have got walks in London and Halifax and various other places coming up. Um, So that might be a gentler introduction to come for a day and just realise, actually, it's not so bad and Mm -hmm. it's not so scary. And for those who... I quite like to offer different things, so I offer work with some really talented women, wonderfully talented people, and I'm very happy that they've agreed to come along and um, deliver these workshops. And if anybody else is out there who thinks they might want to help out or do something different, then, yeah, get in touch. Mm -hmm. And why is it that you've chosen to host events that combine creativity, history and learning with walking? I just think it's something a bit different and I hope to attract a different crowd really so it's opening out from just being the walking community to people who maybe their main focus isn't the outdoors but it's writing or art or literature and just reaching out to that community and that's where I kind of I'm struggling a little bit um, reaching people who aren't walkers per se it's trying to find that market and tap into it so i've been given some ideas by you sarah (laughs) (laughs) um especially around sheffield area so it's yeah it's just trying to reach a bigger community really of Mm -hmm. women who want to explore different aspects and it's always really nice to do something different for me doing the art and the writing is something that I haven't done for you know since I was at school. So it's you feel at the end of the day like oh, wow that was really great. You know mm-hmm. you get real pleasure out of it, and that's what I hope people will get out of the walking and the creativity. 
and the navigation. Um, the ma navigation particularly is something I really, really love. I really love teaching. And I get such satisfaction out of people at the end of even just one day being able to go away and explore much more widely because of the, the skills I've learned in that day. I had an email from a woman last week who said, oh, I just wanted to let you know that <laughs> that walk in Cromford that I tried to do with my friend before the course and I didn't manage, I've actually managed to get around and we just stopped and we looked at the map and we discussed everything. And it just gives me, you know, great satisfaction to think, yeah, it really is opening up a whole new world of walking to people who want to explore more and they need the confidence to think, yes, I can do this, I can read this map. Because I think a lot of people do read maps, but they just need somebody who knows what they're doing to say, yes, you can do it, <laughs> you're fine, you know, off you go. Yeah, so I was surprised um, at how quickly I was learning, I think particularly on the silver navigation course. And I think that a lot of that was because it was mainly because I was just feeling very worried about getting things wrong and I was letting my sort of feelings of inadequacy take over mm. um, and it, it did feel very much like initially the thought of going on a course like that just made it just made me think of school and how I didn't want people to laugh at me or think I was ridiculous because I spend so much time outside how how on earth can I not read a map <laughs> kind of thing so I think that the bronze navigation course helped me to get over that yeah and then being able to look at a map and understand it much better and to look so not just to look for the path but to look for the um, the other markings on the map, like the the fences or the walls, and to notice mm. the shapes of those, that was a really big um, change for me because I've never really noticed those before. Yeah, I didn't even know what they were really. It seems silly now, but at the time I just thought that the black lines were footpaths, a type of footpath, and yeah. just making assumptions basically, and then actually beginning to understand it and seeing it less as a challenge and seeing it more as something that can aid me, mm. you know, while I'm out there, rather than something that's just frustrating that I just want to, you know, yeah. put down and go, oh, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've used your skills now, haven't you? I've seen your uh, Facebook posts of going out and exploring and finding new things, and it's such a... I, mean, I remember pointing out a little tarn to you from the other side of Edale Valley, and the next thing I knew, there it was on Facebook. <laughs> I found, found it. it. <laughs> and that was it's great that people do, you know, use the skills. And I think it is. I know you were, I had to persuade you to come on the silver course. You didn't think you were ready for it, but you were. And you did really well. And now you're, you know, you're able to just do so much more, which is fab yes especially living in edale uh... yes there's so much to explore just from my doorstep and i think that's the case for everybody you know whether um whether it's my mum living on the flats of norfolk or me living you know in the hills or people living in you know amongst the munros in scotland yeah. um so it's your first year um running her on a hill 
I'd just like to ask you what challenges you've come across during this first year and how you are handling those. For me, the main challenges were really barriers that I put up for myself. That things like insurance, getting the right card provider, website, all the sort of technical things that were nothing to do with walking or going on holiday. Uh, really, I was petrified about. I just could not. It took me a long time to bring myself even to look into them. And it was that sort of complete confusion about, you know, what sort of insurance would I need and how much was it going to cost? And I knew it was going to be a lot because of previous experience. And it really put me off even trying to get a quote. And it was that, you know, you get your form to get your, that you have to fill in to get your insurance quote. And it's full of questions that you have no idea what the answers are. Uh, in terms of turnover and expected, you know, this, that and the other. And it really put me off for a long time. Been thinking of setting up on my own. I had the name Her on a Hill a decade ago. You know, there are barriers that you just make for yourself, I think. Uh, you know, the insurance, it took a day <laughs> to bring some people. Um, the rest of the card provider, again, it's just doing some research and taking the plunge I'm not sure I've got the right provider but you know I get my payments through um and they're all coming up for renewal now so I'm just like oh no (laughs) but it's obviously easier this time around and the other barrier is or the thing I found find challenging is that I am quite shy and for that reason, I don't. I find marketing and getting out there and putting myself out there quite tricky. So I'm all right on Facebook and uh, Twitter to some degree, and Instagram and printing leaflets. But in terms of actually going out and meeting people and doing things like this, it's just terrifying. But I would say that if you are introverted, then it doesn't mean you can't have your own business. If nobody ever set up their own businesses, what would life be like? It would be awful. It would be all <laughs> corporate and you know, working for whoever. But there'd be no individuality and no choice of fun. And you know, if I can, I'm happy that I'm one of those people who managed to do that, to make that decision and take that risk because mm-hmm. it is a risk, um, and just have that courage to go okay I'm just going to do this because if I don't I'll be too old to do it and then I'll I'll regret it for the rest of my life (laughs) so there will be times when you can just do what you want and most of the time that's the case Um, but yeah I think it's just the pleasure of working for yourself it's like nothing else really. So for people who spend a lot of their time working and maybe not being very close to the hills. How can you help people to get outside more into those places and detach from that busy lifestyle where they're mainly indoors? Mm, I think it's the joy of a company like Her on a Hill is that you mainly it is women who are very, very busy and they haven't got 
the time to go and really plan a holiday and plan a route or then maybe type of people I'm there for because all they need to do is go on my website book my holiday <laughs> <laughs> and that's it sit back relax and then everything else is done so you can explore so much more than you would be able to do on your own because you've got somebody there who'll be doing all the map reading who'll have organized everything so it really is for those sort of busy people who spend a lot of time at work who have got busy busy lives and they just don't want the hassle of trying to plan their own itineraries which can be quite complex and it's a ready-made group of people to go on holiday with so you've got not only other like-minded women but you've got that ability to know that the person in charge is going to know what they're doing they're a safe pair of hands that can go and take you to places that you would not really discover on your own, whether that's a lovely hill in Tuscany or a mountain in Nepal or a rhino trek in Iswatini. It's that, that's exactly what a company like Her on a Hill can do for somebody. They can just take a look at the website, t- five, ten minutes, it's all done. And they've got a ready-made holiday and a ready-made group to go with because not everybody these days is part of a family unit um, or if they've got partners, they might not walk. So it is that sort of very much tailored package that you can just think, yeah, I can go and I can do this and I can explore this area and have a lovely, healthy, outdoorsy week away without too much effort. And for people who really don't want to be part of um, a group experience, um, so even if that's just an initial sort of gut feeling that they'd rather go with you on a trip that's one-to-one, how do you create those kind of experiences for people that come to you? What sort of bespoke trips do you do with people? I can do pretty much anything within reason um i do just ask people to get in touch and if they've got any ideas of what they want to do for a walk or a holiday in general uh the whole ethos of uh, her on a hill is really to try and make it a holiday company that is about the women and what they want to do so i'm always asking people on my website you know if you have any ideas of where you want to go let me know and it's pretty straightforward um, to try it you know to put up to put together a package um so yeah i can do pretty much anything i would think Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) maybe not but uh yeah i think most people are quite happy to give group holidays a go but if you are determined not to I do do bespoke holidays so it's just getting in touch and we can think through the logistics of it all um I've had some people wanting to go to Patagonia and Peru and Japan so they're all on the cards at the moment for 2021 so watch this space that's very exciting yeah. they're all places that I would love I to know. go I'm sure that's, that's the joy of being your own boss that you can you know 
you just go where you want to go and hope everybody else wants to come too. Yeah, you get <laughs> yeah. to choose and yeah. <laughs> you get to lead the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another question I'd like to ask you is who is your support network? So you are creating all of these amazing experiences and you lead them um, usually on your own. Um, sometimes you, maybe you're just hosting an event for somebody else, but and you spend some time. You enjoy your own company at home. So, who do you go to when you're when you've had a tough day, or um, when you're facing a challenge, or putting something off? Who is your support network, and is that something that's important to you? My main support is my partner, Janie, who lives in Cambridge. Very handy. Um, who's always, you know, on the end of a, a phone or a WhatsApp conversation. Um, and that she's so important to just the whole process. I think if she wasn't on the scene, it would have been much harder for me to take that leap into the unknown and that big risk of uh, packing in my job and going self-employed. And then I have various friends who are business orientated more so than me, that advised me initially. So people I'd met mainly through Walking Women, which is the company I used to work for, um, who've been so useful. And other people who I've met through other jobs in Sheffield that have more of a business head than I do. And they've helped me focus in on certain aspects and I must say that Business Sheffield was amazing. I think if anybody is thinking of setting up their own business, then that would be a first step for me to go to the Business Sheffield website. And they have three introductory free events that will give you a really good grounding into what it all involves. And then they do put on large number of events after that that you can keep going to and I still go to some at the moment things on marketing or insurance and the rest of it so yeah what have you learned about yourself through this whole process of creating her on a hill I've always been pretty self-reliant um, I think I've learnt that I need to be just a bit less hesitant about doing things. So I can't believe it took me 10 years to, <laughs> to get from the name <laughs> to the actual business. So I've learnt that I do procrast- procrastinate quite a lot and... I'm hoping that I I got better at that. And it's made me realise that I'm not as... Maybe not as shy as I think I am. People think, you know, when they meet me, when I'm doing courses especially, or holidays, they have no idea. But uh, I've had to overcome that to some extent, you know, going to the Business Sheffield uh, evenings that they have and going to various marketing events has all been a real learning thing. I remember when I first went to the first evening thing at Business Sheffield, I was terrified. Just, oh, (laughs) 
quaking, and I thought, I'm going to speak to at least ten people. I managed six, so I wasn't too bad. Um, but it's all pushing yourself a bit and getting out of your comfort zone. And the more you do that, the wider that comfort zone becomes. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to happen with her on a hill? So this pushing yourself, you know, to do mm. things that don't just, you know, feel like they come really easily. I mean, to me, you know, I think you come across amazingly well as this confident person, you know, this leader. So what is it that makes you push yourself to do that? Where do you want to go with her on a hill? I just like it to be a place that women can come to to have their holidays, to have that break that everybody needs and deserves. And I'd like it to be sustainable. Um, As I get older as well, I want to be able to employ other women to guide the walks. I've got a couple of people at the moment, but uh, to get to a position where I'm able to give other women work through her on a hill and that I'm not always having to be away so much. I mean, it's great at the moment, but I can imagine in four or five years' time, I won't really want to be away two or three times in a a month. So I just hope it all works out. I just... The bottom line was that I just thought, if I don't try this, I'm going to really regret it. I'm going to... I've been thinking about it for so long. Just do it, you know. What can go wrong? So that leads me to my next question, which is, what question would you ask to people who want to explore a new career path? My question is, in your dotage, when you're really old and wrinkly, will you look back and regret that you didn't give your business idea a go? I think that's a great question. And we will leave that with you, listeners. And if you would like to contact Claire and let her know your answer, then (laughs) we'd love to hear from you. Um, Thank you so much, Claire, for answering all of my questions. And um, I'd just like to ask you, lastly, what trips are coming up and where can people find out more about Her on Hill? Okay, well, the next trip I've got is Flamborough Head, which is a bird-watching event at Easter. That's a few nights, which should be really nice. I've got uh, Madeline, who's a real natural history expert, leading that for me, but I'm going to go along because I'm just, I want to learn a bit more about the birds around there. Um, there's a whole range of holidays from gentle things in Norfolk and Suffolk, to Nepal and Italy is another one of my real favourite places um, that I've been going to for many, many years. So things in Tuscany, Sardinia. So there's about one holiday a month for this year. Lots of day events that you can have a look at, mainly in the peaks, but also, as I said, in London and beyond. And navigation courses happening all the time in the Peak District. So if you just have a look at um, you can find all the information there and I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well thank you Claire I thank you 
Thanks for listening to About the Adventure. If you'd like to let us know what you think, your feedback is very welcome. Just visit aboutTheAdventure.com. Until next time. <laughs>